This is Steve Shives' YouTube Big Shot, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. DJ McGee here. <laughs> Episode 655 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, again, DJ McGee, Jesse Dollamore, joined by the lovely, the talented, the non-DJ, Brittany Page. So I did something <laughs> that was hilariously awkward the other day. Was it open your podcast after 655 episodes? Talking like a wacky morning zoo guy. No. Oh, right? It was not that. I What was it? High-fived someone who wasn't wanting to high-five me. They just had their hand up. But And you actually physically high-fived them. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, see, my thing is they were, holding their, they were holding their hand up for a little bit too long. Okay, like if you don't want your hand to be high-fived, then you don't want to keep it up that well, long. Either, you know what I'm saying? They're either asking a question, like in a classroom, or they want a high-five. Those are the only two, or they're airing out the pits. So actually, now that I'm thinking about it, they really didn't have it up that long. I just went right in for it. <laughs> just eager for the high-five. <laughs> Which makes it all the more confusing. But I don't think that's awkward. Well, you don't think anything is awkward, that's kind of how well, you go through life, yeah. not feeling awkward, which must be fantastic for you and terrible for everyone around you, because I'm assuming that awkward things happen all the time and you're just immune from them and everyone else is experiencing them. I'll take it. I think that might be true. Okay. Well, good for you. Well, no, it, it's not that I'm not embarrassed or awkward things don't happen. It's just that they happen to everybody. So it's not like I'm zeroed out. Like, oh, look at that guy. It's yeah, an awkward thing happened. Let's fucking keep moving along. Yeah. Well, I, so I blush very easily and yeah, you do. I get red in the face very easily if I'm excited, if I start yeah, you crying, don't even have to be embarrassed. if I'm angry, if I'm like happy and in performance, mode. like it really happens all the time. You're just a fucking tomato. Well, I, I have very fair skin as well. So yeah. pretty much anything I do, if I get up too quickly, it's, I'm going to have, you know. I just pass out. Y yeah. You, your face gets flushed. <laughs> right. <laughs> but people like point it out, you know. Makes it worse, probably. It, well, it makes it worse, but it's also, I know. Like, I'm 30 years old. Right. It's been happening my whole life. You can feel it when it happens. Yeah. You don't need to say that my face is red. I know. I'm like 10 degrees hotter than I was 10 seconds ago. I know what's happening. <laughs> so did, did you get red when, when you high-fived and then it wasn't a high-five? No, but I can turn red in awkward situations huh. because I feel the awkwardness and then I display it on my face. Well, I think you did the right thing <laughs> by just going <laughs> for the high-five. Yeah, well, and then I, I laughed to myself after it happened. I just kind of walked away, and I was like, that was not what I thought it was, and that is hilarious. Well, I think you did the right thing because in those instances, like, in, for instance, yeah, when a guy, you think you're going for a handshake, and then the person, like, looks away or... Doesn't mm -hmm. I think this happened with me and Harley Ruda? Like, isn't paying attention fully? Yeah, with our it happened with our congressman one time where mm -hmm. I was I put my hand out there and he you know was distracted by someone else and I just fucking nope. <laughs> We're doing this because eventually you're going to look back and my hand's still going to be out there. Mm. And then it's like, oh yeah, hey, awesome, shake hands and. Because you don't want to do the pulling it back, putting it back out, pulling it back, like, oh, herky-jerky kind of... Yeah, I, I don't know if it's like, um, I don't want to look timid or weird, like, uh, oh, I guess I got rejected. I'm just like, fuck that. I'm Eventually, we're going to shake hands here, brother. Oh. That's going to... This is happening. Okay. You're just forcing <laughs> it on him. I see. Well, I just... 
I think the best way to avoid the awkward social thing is just to fucking lean into it. Uh-huh. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it reminds me of a story that I haven't told in a long time about when I was a kid mm-hmm. in Missouri. Yeah. Like fifth grade, I must have been. You look like you're really struggling to remember yeah. the details well, as you're it was like a like a vacation Bible school type of thing oh, or okay. something. okay. VBS. Yeah, VBS at the Assembly of God, everybody. Uh-huh. And uh, we they were showing a video that was like hosted by Mr. T for some reason. Uh-huh. I don't know why. Uh-huh. This would have been the same town where the dentist gave me a hard time when I whimpered mm-hmm. after he gave me the, the shot in the mouth and told me not to be a little girl. Mm-hmm. Same, this is the same kind Sounds of Sounds like town. a Mr. T video. So anyway, the Mr. T video... And I remember that the moral of this one segment of the video was, if you trip while you're walking on the sidewalk, turn it into a dance that you were doing or, or drop and do push-ups so they don't know. Oh. Don't let them turn that into something to tease you about. Oh, right. Be awesome because of it. Act like you meant to do it. Yeah. And one, I think that's terrible advice, uh-huh. especially for children. Yeah. But second, even at fifth grade, I didn't buy that shit. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, this is, what is happening here? Well, that's a very dumb video, number one. Well, it was vacation Bible school. It's a very dumb moral of the video as well. It's Mr. T, too. And I don't know that that advice would work for anyone, except for Pee Wee Herman. And (laughs) that is kind of his whole deal. Yeah. So that's the only reason it works for him. And yeah, that's weird. It. I think so much of it is, and I I hope that as a society we're moving away from this, as people are encouraged to be themselves, and like conformity is less of a thing that pe- people are pressured to do. I'm I'm not saying it's gone. I'm saying less, less, because there's yeah. more emphasis on these these ideas these days. But I'm hoping that as we kind of move away from that, that people are okay being their goofy, weird selves. Yeah. For- I do believe that is happening. Yeah. At least more people. Yeah. There's still your awkward element, and that's probably never going to go away. Well, so when I said it was awkward, I'm like, I know that this is kind of an awkward thing that just happened, but I just kind of laughed about it and kept going. Like, it wasn't something that I cringed about. or That's ooh. the way to do it. Yeah, it's just, oh, oopsies, guess I just, there you go, enjoy your day, ha ha ha, you know? You just got a free high five. Yeah. What's better than that? <laughs> well, I mean... Unexpected high five. I am ill, so it's probably not the best thing. But we've both been getting ready to fly out to DC, and (laughs) both just under the weather. I'm remembering several other awkward things that have happened. Someone tried to high five me, and I fist bumped their high five because I was sick and didn't want to high five them. Oh, that's that's kindness. And then I was eating a snack and someone came up to me and tried to shake my hand and I didn't want to. And so I put the fist bump out and they shook my fist bump. So all kinds of goofy things have been uh, going on here. You're, you're fond of the fist bump lately. Well, it's to avoid the contraction or transmission of disease, the hand to hand contact, because guess what happened? We went to dinner. We did. <laughs> oh yeah! Well, holy shit! We do shit. Why did we talk about this? We went to dinner and they took our temperatures we, before we walked into we the restaurant. We went to a Sichuan I, impression. What I would consider a pretty authentic Chinese restaurant. One of those joints where we're the only white people in there. Well, and I just said the name of the restaurant, Sichuan Impression. Yeah. And it is a delicious restaurant. Very good. Very spicy. Serving up the spicy grub. Awesome. Yeah. And so we went there, and this was like a week ago, and they had a thermometer, one of the ones where they, you know, put it on- Thermal. Up, up to your forehead. I guess forehead. they're all thermal. They're thermometers. Put it up to your infrared, forehead. Infrared. Infrared. And we saw it as we were giving the host our name to, to get on the waiting list. And we're like, what the hell? Also, Why is that out? all the servers have surgical, surgical masks on. And they don't usually. Yeah. And so then we see someone get seated before us. And they're they're taking everyone's temperature in the party. There's like eight people in this party. And they're like, before we seat you, we have to take your temperature, okay? And they start taking all of their temperatures. They go in to sit down. And... It's like eating dinner at the CDC, man. It's crazy. It's because of the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And... And I was so I have never 
seen anything like that before yeah. or experienced that. They took our temperature before letting us sit down and eat dinner. And by the way, told every we do it. We're doing it for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't eat there without them taking your temperature. Did, they will turn you away. Did it or did it not make you feel a little bit safer? Because <laughs> it didn't make me feel safer. It made me more aware of, oh, shit, this is something that's going on in, in Orange County. I wouldn't even have been thinking about it, but now I'm thinking about it. Well, I mean, I don't know, because I had started to feel sick that night, actually, is when I started getting sick. So, but you were sick prior to going into the restaurant. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they didn't catch me, so <laughs> I, <laughs> I got through, and I was coughing, and I was. Well, it's not really a medical professional who's administering the the temperature test. It's the hostess. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is they're they don't have their shit figured out over there. No, they do not. Uh, except with the food. The delicious food. Yeah. yeah. Delicious food. Toothpick lamb. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. That is delicious shit. Perfection. All right. Well, speaking of delicious shit, we have some delicious listener communication to get to. We do. We have an email first. All right. Yes. And this is a response to the Harvey Weinstein defense attorney interview that we played with Megan Toohey from The Daily, The New York Times. This person says, I agree with her to an extent. I think in this time, men need to be careful. Signing a consent form sounds like a good idea as the mother of a son, brothers, and good friends. Most women I know know that men can be manipulated by their little brain. (laughs) My dad's advice to me... Some are bigger than others. ...as a teen (laughs) was to, quote, not get into a compromising position. Good advice, as it turns out. However, I am not saying you are wrong either, and I think at this time men need to be a little frightened, because like Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, and other powerful men believe they should be entitled to whatever they want, take whatever they want, and break the law with no consequences. My two cents, sincerely, Francis. So let me... It seems like Francis was contradicting her initial email there at the end. Yeah, I don't... Men should be careful. Let me. I should be careful because Bill Cosby likes to put the pills in the people. And Harvey Weinstein likes to rape and sexually harass and generally wreak havoc wherever he goes. Allegedly. I should be careful because those two assholes did what they did allegedly. Well, Bill Cosby, not alleged convicted well so i i feel bad for laughing at the little brains comment i i hope everyone knows i'm not laughing because i agree i just thought it was such a strange uh thing to write in an email but (laughs) that you end up having to read yes (laughs) (laughs) yes um i wanted to read this because i think there are people who listen to that woman's interview and think huh she might have a point in some areas which is a little alarming to me, right? Given what we talked about on the previous episode, I didn't find really many points of agreement with her at all. Um, so it, it's just interesting that people can listen to that and think, oh, yeah, no, men should be careful, right? I I understand that there are situations in which women can lie, right? Of course. And, of course, that is terrible, reprehensible behavior. But, again, the whole point of that Harvey Weinstein defense attorney uh, spiel was that she was putting the onus on women, right, Mm -hmm. to make better choices. And, really, the thesis of what we were talking about in our rebuttal was that's not why sexual assaults happen, Right. It's not because of choices that women make. Right. Yeah. Uh, And many people actually responded to Megan Toohey's tweet about this and said, I was a child in my own home. Yeah. What what, What choice did I have? That's exactly right. What choice should I have made to make myself safer? Yeah. Um, And so you hear stories from people. And I mean, that's that's really it right there. Yeah, it is, um, 
there is there is some nuance here because I think listen, anytime you go out and you see women who are drunk out of their minds or dudes who are drunk out of their minds, you think, God damn, that's just not safe. And that is a bummer. And no one should be doing that. Yeah, that happened when we were in New Orleans. I was sure. there were so many people that were in vulnerable positions and I was like, Oh my god, I was just so concerned about everybody, you know. But to say that Harvey Weinstein's lawyer, I would I have never been so sexually assaulted because I've never put myself in that situation. It doesn't mean she's less likely to be raped because she's never gotten drunk at a party or at Mardi Gras or just wandering the streets of, of, of New Orleans. It's everybody should take care of themselves to keep themselves as safe as possible. But it doesn't mean you're not at risk anyway of of violent crime or or whatever victimization that could come your way. Mm hmm. I also, and of course, she's a defense attorney for men who are accused of sexual assault. So her focus is going to be much different than other people's focus. But it's just interesting that that she's able to turn a spotlight on what women do or do not do to keep themselves safe and doesn't turn a spotlight on what's happening with men in these situations that even when someone is uh, incapacitated, that they assault them. Yeah. You know, um, when someone's in a vulnerable p position, they take advantage of someone and try to hurt them rather than help them. And as far as the contract thing, will you sign a form that you're giving consent to have sexual activity take place? How many false? This is the problem here is that how many false alarms, how many false claims, how many false accusations actually happen? I mean, how many how many times is a dude having sex in his life with how many women? Let's say it's 25. Are the chances really that high that you're going to be falsely accused? Random dude who works at Avis Car Rental. So this doesn't really um, track with what you're talking about. But I saw a headline that said, on average, men say they have slept with like 40 women and women say that they have slept with 20 men. Oh yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't add up. No, I guess it doesn't. <laughs> well, no, because all those, those, no, it doesn't add up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for the email. Uh, we appreciate it very much. We have uh, a couple of voicemails on this very same topic. Weinstein's venerable lawyer. Hey guys, Brittany from Mississippi here. Um, let me start off by saying I'm really sorry for sniffling in your ears. Ah, she's um, sick too. Um, but I was listening to um, the clips from Harvey Weinstein's lawyer, and I really debated on whether or not to say this because, or to, to call in and, and say this because uh, I just don't want to. I don't want to trigger anybody. I don't want to harm anyone by saying something that may bring back feelings. Um, but um, I felt like at the same time, it, it may be the point should be made once again. And I know you guys know this, but she said, you know, about going out late at night. Don't stay out too late. Don't go to the bar and drink too much. Um, sometimes it's in the middle of the goddamn day and you're not drinking at all. And she said, you know, that about going into a stranger's home and what do you expect? And sometimes it's in your own fucking home where you feel safe in your own space. And um, I, I don't I don't really know, you know, the whole scenario about like, oh, well, what was she wearing? And uh, sometimes you're eight years old and you're wearing clothes that an eight year old would wear. I mean, just let that, like, let that marinate for a minute. This woman thinks, or maybe she doesn't think, maybe, maybe she's just utilizing that scenario in this particular case, but it really, really struck a, strikes a nerve with me when everyone constantly victim blames by saying, oh, well, you met him on Tinder and you didn't know, or you met him on whatever the hell and you didn't know, oh, you didn't think he might sexually assault you? 
oh, you went to the bar and you drank a lot and you didn't protect yourself. You didn't think that somebody might take advantage of you. God damn it. It's not always fucking scenarios like that. It's not always situations where people are vulnerable in those ways. It's not always, and just because they are doesn't justify it. And we all know that. But I am so tired of people assuming when someone claims that they were sexually assaulted, raped, whatever, that they put themselves in a situation as such. Sometimes you're just in your own safe space. You're a child and you're vulnerable to whomever is closest to you. And people don't ever think about that. I mean, I'm sure they do, but people like her don't, apparently. Um, and it just, I know that doesn't really have anything to do with Harvey Weinstein, but it could. Children are actors, too. I mean, look at freaking um, Kevin Spacey and that whole thing. Anyway, I don't want to go way off in the left field. Love you guys. Of course, I love the show, and we Britneys are always the best part. Bye. Love the show. Britney's the best part. Let me... There's a there's a good point there. There's several good points there, but there's one I want to talk about, and that is, it strikes me as odd that there's always excuses being made. Now, let me rephrase that. When someone is sexually assaulted, very commonly you hear, what were you wearing? How much did you have to drink? What did you do to contribute to this happening? As though the world is so utopic so pure and wonderful and you just they couldn't imagine something like this happening you must have done something for this to happen because otherwise when does rape ever happen what it's like the invention of lying that movie with ricky gervais yeah where no one's ever heard a lie before and so when when it happens they just oh okay that's the truth we don't live in this easygoing, nothing bad happens world. Bad things happen because bad motherfuckers exist. Well, I think what you're describing is the just world hypothesis. Let me know what that is. <laughs> well, we talked about it on the show before, but it's a type of cognitive bias, right? A fallacy um, where people view other people's actions as inherently morally fair and fitting uh, with the consequences for that person. Like they, they try to figure out how does this fit in? Like, wh why must this have happened to somebody? Because we live in a just world. This is a fair place. Uh, yeah. So this person must have done something to really bring this on themselves because, well, I'm a good person and this isn't going to happen to me yeah, yeah, <laughs> because, yeah. you know, we live in a in a, a just world, everybody. Yeah, we don't. We do not. I hate to fucking break it to you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Brittany, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, oh, I thought you were thanking me. Um, I also want to say something. All right. So this was very lovely. Thank you for putting all of that out there because those are important points. And we definitely did not bring up the point about children last time, right? And even people talked about boys and men who have been raped as well. Yeah, sure. And Harvey Weinstein's defense attorney was not talking about them, right? The the population that she was really targeting in her speech there was like 20, 30, 40, however many, however old people are on Tinder. Really, that was yeah. the, that was the demographic that she's going for and specifically women. That's who she was targeting in her message. Yeah, because that's her that's her opposition. Who, who she allies for, who she defends, are men mm -hmm. who are accused of these horrific crimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Brock Turners of the world. Mm -hmm. The Harvey Weinsteins of the world. The Bill Cosbys of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's her choice. Anyway, again, Brittany from Mississippi, thank you for the call. We appreciate it very much. 
Next up, someone who I don't think left their name. I'm calling regarding the clip that Brittany played in episode 654 from one of Harvey Weinstein's attorneys who was answering questions from Megan Tui. And one of her responses, uh, when Megan Tui asked her if she had ever been sexually assaulted, was that she, that no, and that she does not put herself in that position for that to happen. And as a sexual assault survivor, I screamed, you know what? I did not put myself in that position. And who are you to even question that? Because that's exactly what she was doing. The onus was being put on the victim. But I really want to focus on one other thing that she did or that she said. And had I been in the room, I would have asked her this question. She said that in this day and age, perhaps that men, and she meant, she meant men, she said consent forms should be signed, and I don't remember if she said men or not, but that is what she meant, that consent forms should now be signed before sexual relations occur. First of all, how freaking romantic is that? <laughs> Jesus Christ, give me a break. Secondly, here's a question I would have asked her. Do you think it likely that somebody could be coerced into signing a consent form after they had been attacked for fear of their life, the life of their loved ones, or retribution of some type? Do you think that that could happen? And what would you say and how would you safeguard against that? The fact is, what she is saying is absolutely ridiculous and literally puts the onus on anyone who is a victim. And by the way, her client, Harvey Weinstein, is accused of exactly that, of forcing women, his attorneys forced women to sign non-disclosure agreements, which is, for all intents and purposes, a consent form. Anyway, I'm sorry I'm done with my rant. Thank you for what you do, for the conversations that you elicit, and for the lights that you shine in all four corners of our world. Have a great day. What a, what a beautiful and powerful end to that that voice memo. Thank you so it's much. A hell of a sign off. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, and means a lot to us. Thank you. Um, yeah, I here's here's what would have protected Harvey Weinstein is uh, not being known in every single social circle that he entered as a sexual predator. That, yeah, that might have been something that could have protected him from <laughs> what he's currently going through, because just like Bill Cosby, who had how many women, 40 women come forward? I mean, at yeah, a certain point, like it's like, really, you know, the. This is this is a pattern. You're doing the same things. There's witnesses. There's videotape of it. There's audio recording of it. You know, at a certain point, it's a little tough to say that your client is actually the one who was victimized. Yeah. I mean, come on. You know what else disappointed me this week related to the Weinstein thing? And this might be in the weeds and no one's going to know what the fuck I'm talking about. But Elizabeth Loftus. That professor from UCI, who's like the memory uh, guru, she uh, she she testifies about false memory a lot, mm -hmm. and she's over there fucking testifying for the defense. Just you, you, you got a choice of who to who to go to bat for, you know. Goddamn. So how how does that work? They call you and they pay you a bunch of money, and you come in and testify. And you, so it's not as though anyone can force you to be there. No, no, no. It's She's testifying on the behalf of the defense, and she is uh, paid very handsomely for her services to talk about her specific research and to give scientific weight to the claim that these women made it up in their minds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just come the fuck on. She's cashing a check is what she's doing. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's definitely alarming, and yeah, I, I don't... Not great. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on, we appreciate it very much. We'd love to hear from you, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo or, for that matter, a regular email to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Then I say voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com.
pew 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 so this kind of fits with what we talked about in the pew segment last time democrats on twitter are more liberal and less focused on compromise than democrats not on the platform so like regular democrats versus twitter democrats there's a difference. Yeah, that does not surprise me. The 29... 29- like everybody on Twitter is a little more radical than they are in the real life. This, well, and it's anecdotal, but this has happened to me several times. Where I have had a conversation with someone that I have known only via internet. And then you have a conversation with them in person. And they are less radical. Yeah, I'm... Uh- I have several people in mind right now mm-hmm. who even the slightest pushback uh, in a conversation in real life, and they're way more reasonable. Oh, yeah. You, you, you know, it's very strange. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm the same fucking bastard online as face-to-face. Well, there you go. The 29% of Democrats... Well, Dem- there you go. The 29% of Democrats who use Twitter are more liberal and less inclined to say the party should elect a candidate who seeks common ground with Republicans than are Democrats who are not on Twitter. They also express different preferences for who should be the party's 2020 nominee. Hmm. A 56% majority of Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents who use Twitter describe their political views as liberal or very liberal. This share is substantial larger than the 41% of non-Twitter Democrats who describe themselves in this way. Differences between Democrats on and off Twitter extend beyond ideology. About two-thirds of Democrats who do not use Twitter, 65%, say it is more important for a Democratic candidate to seek common ground with Republicans, even if it means giving up things Democrats want. A smaller share of Twitter-using Democrats, 54%, take this view. 45% prefer a candidate who will push hard for policies Democrats want, even if it makes it much harder to get some things done. So vague. Because I do think that, that Democrats need to work with Republicans, and then here's the caveat, where they can, where they should, like infrastructure. Why not, for the good of our crumbling fucking infrastructure, get us something done and get something passed? Because some money toward infrastructure is better than no money toward infrastructure. But relative to uh, our draconian racist immigration policies or civil rights, fuck no. You don't work with Republicans on that. It's just a little vague for me. Well, I... I... (laughs) <laughs> and they kind of have to be because it's a the polling, the way it works. Yeah, I mean, if if you are working for Pew and you are trying to get people to answer your questions, you know that you can't ask them very many or for very long. Yeah, they're going to hang the fuck up. Because they're going to hang up. And unfor- <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, that's just the way it goes, right? People like don't have time to engage in this stuff. And once a certain time passes, they like stop engaging with it authentically, yeah, yeah. right? I-, I got a phone call and I had to give my opinions on Edison, Southern California Edison. and Electricity company. Yeah. And I do not like them. And I stayed on the phone to give my opinions, even though I was really sick of doing it. And I did start to feel that fatigue set in where I'm like, is this going to be over soon? I'm kind of done talking about Southern California Edison at this point. I already hate them. I don't want to spend more of my day talking about it. So people could also volunteer their Twitter handles to Pew Research Center to have them examine their behavior and activity (laughs) and so they looked at who they were following as well and oh that would be interesting among the candidates for the democratic presidential primary bernie sanders is followed by the large largest share of democrats on twitter Hmm. and then followed by elizabeth warren but barack obama is the top of that list followed by hillary clinton who now loves to subtweet Donald Trump all day long <laughs> is kind of what she does. Is that her new gig? Yes. So uh, Barack Obama is the most followed major political figure 
for the Democrats. Hmm. Yes. Still very popular among yeah. the Democrats. Sure. Yes. I think for good reason. Mm-hmm. Inspirational figure. Also follows me. Just throwing that out there. He does follow you. He does not. Does not follow me. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Let's move on. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Thank you to Chandler. Chandler. Chi. Chi. Daniel. Daniel. And Andres. Andres. Nice. Love the video of your podcast. Keep them coming. Cheerio from Austria. Yeah. Last episode was actually put onto the YouTube and uh, like a video of us. Not just like a, an image with the audio. Yeah, a video of us doing the show. And uh, it didn't get a garbled and corrupted, so we, we left it up. Yeah, it's something that we said we were going to start doing once a month. We're going to try to do it more than that, but we kind of just want to do the once a month as like a starting point. Yes. Yes. Real nice. Anyway, thank you guys very much. We appreciate all your support, helping us keep the lights on, whether it be dollamore.com slash Amazon or through Patreon. All of your support is important. It really means the world to us. Uh, building this and being independent media is uh, kind of a risky deal sometimes. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? It's super easy. <laughs> super easy, relaxing. Guaranteed income. Just great stuff. <laughs> it's like working for the DMV. Mm. Anyway, and we appreciate your partnering with us to create the content that we do, have the conversations that we have. You guys are the best. All right. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So the Roger Stone case is virtually over. Prosecutors who were on the case after he was found guilty recommended like up to nine years in prison for him. And Donald Trump, as he often does, took to Twitter to indicate his displeasure for that amount of time and advocated a couple of different positions. One, that it was completely unfair, the case shouldn't have been brought anyway, and then really exerting pressure as president of the United States of America the head of the Justice Department, especially when Bill Barr's in charge, uh, exerting pressure that that sentence should not be carried out with that many years. But wait, I I thought he learned his lesson. Oh, yes. He learned a a lesson from impeachment, right? Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski would have you believe, oh, yes. But he he learned from everything that he did, and he's going to change from here on out. Turn over a new leaf. Yeah, It's just the threat of the consequences is enough to really... Impeachment was punishment enough. Exactly. (laughs) So this is what he said on Twitter. This is a horrible and very unfair situation. The real crimes were on the other side, as nothing happens to them. Cannot allow this miscarriage of justice. Yeah. And then within hours, within hours, the Justice Department jumped in and lowered the sentencing recommendation for Roger Stone. Then all four federal prosecutors either quit the case or resigned their positions from the Justice Department altogether. All four federal prosecutors have resigned from the case that they were prosecuting against longtime Trump friend and confidant Roger Stone. This comes before sentencing, but after the Justice Department reduced those prosecutors' original sentencing recommendation for Stone. This followed, of course, public public criticism by President Trump. Let's go to CNN senior justice correspondent Evan Perez. Uh, Evan, what more are you learning? This extraordinary matter of the four prosecutors resigning from the case even before Roger Stone is sentenced. Right, Jake, look, this does not happen. Prosecutors don't resign 
just days before they go to sentencing after a case that they've worked so hard on. And so that's one of the things that we, we, we asked in a briefing uh, to a senior Justice Department official who just gave a, a briefing to, to reporters uh, here at the Justice Department. They were trying to downplay uh, the disagreement behind the scenes, saying that the Justice Department makes adjustments, so to speak, all the time. And, but the official did acknowledge that these four prosecutors were appearing to be resigning in protest. And, and he said that to him, at least, it was surprising because to, to, to the Justice Department officials, the top officials here in this building, they think it was simply a, a case of miscommunication, that essentially these prosecutors recommended seven to nine years, which was, they believe, a very harsh sentence for Roger Stone, and that they should have recommended something much, much less, which is what the new court filing, what their new recommendation is. And, and it appears, uh, Jake, that uh, behind the scenes, what was going on was simply a, a disagreement over whether or not Roger Stone should be punished more harshly because he was witness tampering, because he was threatening one of the witnesses in this case. And so that appears to have made the big difference between, say, three to four years, which would have been likely sentenced, and seven to nine years, which was the recommendation that the prosecutors made in their, in their court filing last night. So the Justice Department now is saying that something much less than the seven to nine years is appropriate. They're not saying exactly what it should be. They're leaving mm. it up to the judge. But between, between the lines, uh, you can see what they're getting at. They're saying Roger Stone still deserves to go to prison. Uh, they're saying, however, that seven to nine years is, is extraordinarily harsh. And I got to tell you, reading the, the new brief from, uh, from the Justice Department this evening, uh, it, you know, it reads a little bit, Jake, like a, like a defense memo, like a memo from Roger Stone's own lawyers, right? They're saying, you know, Roger Stone is an old man. He didn't really, maybe he wasn't really trying to, to, to threaten a witness. These are things you normally hear from the defense attorneys, not from the Justice Department, Jake. All right. Evan Perez, uh, thanks so much. <laughs> Jake Tapper. Ugh. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, there, so he intervenes, Donald Trump, via tweet, as he does, he leads through tweet. Mm -hmm. The Justice Department, with Bill Barr at the helm, jumps and makes th this change. Because Roger Stone didn't just learn about Donald Trump and jump on the MAGA train. Mm -hmm. Roger Stone and, and Donald Trump had been friends for decades. Mm -hmm. Long time confidants yep. with one another. Mm -hmm. Someone who knows a little too many of the deets. Yes, indeed. So... Bill Barr was interviewed by, I believe, ABC today. Mm -hmm. And he went on this very bizarre strain of thought. <laughs> and I say strain because he's fucking straining logic and decency making this argument. Mm -hmm. But he's not going to be bullied by anybody. He's not going to be bullied by Congress. He's not going to be bullied by the president. He's going to do what's best for the Justice Department. Breaking news. Attorney General Bill Barr just criticized President Trump's tweets about the Justice Department in an interview with ABC News' Pierre Thomas that we just got a, a piece of. To have public statements and tweets made about the department, uh, about uh, our people in the department, our, our men and women here, about cases pending in the department, and about judges before whom we have cases, uh, make it impossible uh, for me to do my job and to assure the courts and the prosecutors in the, in the department uh, that we're doing our work with integrity. I'm not going to be bullied or influenced by anybody, and I said at the time, whether it's Congress, newspaper, editorial boards, or the president. I'm going to do what I think is right. And, uh, you know, uh, the, I think the, the, I cannot do my job here at the department uh, with a constant background commentary that, that undercuts me. That seemed aimed at one person in particular. This comes, of course, after that one person, President Trump tweeted, calling the initial sentencing recommendation for his longtime friend Roger Stone disgraceful. After that tweet, the Justice Department released a new memo suggesting far less time than the initial recommendation of seven to nine years. Let's discuss this. And, and Jeremy, Barr in this interview tells ABC News, um, I was going to recommend less time anyway. Yeah. Then President Trump tweets this in the middle of the night. And essentially, Barr says, and that makes me look bad. 
Right, right. Barr, Barr is making the argument that we've heard many other administration officials make, which is that the president's tweets often undercut what they are trying to do. The difference in this case is that it's not a contradiction between the president and Barr. Uh, it's, in fact, Barr saying that the president agreeing with him publicly on Twitter before this decision is formally announced uh, undercuts his actions to do the exact same thing. It doesn't really answer the question, though, of why Bill Barr was reversing this decision by career prosecutors uh, to recommend a specific sentence. That's not something that typically happens here. And obviously, it's a high-profile case, and it's a case where it's somebody who was a longtime advisor to the president. So uh, Barr here is saying the president didn't tell me to do this. It doesn't mean that Barr didn't do this because the president would have yeah. wanted him to. We also need to learn the lessons from the past. Bill Barr has shown us who he is. Yeah. Many times now, right? We used to give him the benefit of the doubt here on this show. Remember when we had Marcus on? Hello, Marcus. I, I, I do remember the hello, Marcus. Yes. Hello, Marcus. Yes. So <laughs> we had him on, and that's when we were like, okay, let's not be conspiratorial about Bill Barr, blah, blah, blah. Well, just because we should have been conspiratorial about Bill Barr, and we know that now, <laughs> doesn't mean that we were wrong, though, that's right? right? Because yeah. you follow the evidence where it leads. Yeah. And we didn't have the evidence yet about Bill Barr, but now, the, now we do, you see. And... Just because he's saying this doesn't mean he's trying to send a message to Donald Trump that he's That's part right. of the resistance. That's exactly right? right. In fact, he could be saying, hey, bro, be a little bit more discreet about got, what we're trying to do here. I got you, bro. Yeah. I got you, bro. Quiet okay, bro, it down. Don't come at me. How dare you? So Britney talking over Britney. I know that was weird. <laughs> but I, I wanted to. Hey, fuckers, I'm trying to talk here. I wanted to play a clip of Kamala Harris because I feel like we just all need a reminder, right, of who Bill Barr is and the, how the, he has been unable to answer for his his uh, position in right. the past. Just, just exactly what kind of a squirrely fuck he is. Uh, Attorney General Barr, has the president or anyone at the White House ever asked or suggested that you open an investigation of anyone? Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, Yes or no? Jesus. Could you, could you repeat that question? I will repeat it. Has the president or anyone at the White House ever asked or suggested that you open an investigation of anyone? Yes or no, please, sir. Um, the president or anybody else. Seems you'd remember something like that and be able to tell us. Yeah, but I'm, I'm trying to grapple with the word suggest. I mean, there have been discussions of, of matters out there that... Uh, they have not asked me to open an investigation, but... Perhaps they've suggested? I don't know. I wouldn't say suggest. Hinted? I, I don't know. Inferred? You don't know. Okay. Um, in your March 24th summary, you wrote that, quote, after reviewing the special counsel's final report... But I will say that no one... Sir, I'm, not, I'm asking a question. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you don't get to come back after yeah. not being able to answer the question you and had, try to talk over the question. You had your moment, bro. You had several moments. <laughs> there were even words that were offered to you that you could select from, like a multiple choice question, yeah, and was, you couldn't hang. Indeed. So, yeah. Mr. Attorney General. So that says... Oh, wait, wait. Is he, is he fucking listening to himself right huh? now? That, they all fit. That's all you need from Bill Barr right there. That's all you need to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Is he can't, he has to grapple with the word suggest. He has to grapple with it. I'm trying to grapple with the word suggest. Oh, what could it mean? It has what? so many meanings in the context of this question. Oh. Why did you just like slide into a Bill Cosby impression? <laughs> trying to grapple. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we're going to wrap it up there. <laughs> I, that, this is very taxing. <laughs> talking about fucking Bill Barr. Well, we want to quickly say that Bernie Sanders won the New Hampshire primary. Yes, he did. Good work there, Bernie the, Sanders. The second primary um, or caucus in which he has won the popular vote. Yes. He won uh, by votes mm -hmm. in both Iowa. The popular vote in Iowa. Yes. As Democrats, we're not big fans of the... Uh, of the Electoral College, but apparently Iowa Democrats they have a different uh, take on it. Yeah. They want to weight rural areas heavier. 
and then give Pete Buttigieg apparently a win when he didn't actually win the popular vote. Yes. Rant over. Yes. <laughs> so, so things are not looking good for Joe Biden, uh, Elizabeth Warren. That's right. And Tulsi Gabbard, shockingly. Uh, things are not race. working out for her. Still things are not working out. In the race. Yeah, you know, I really loved Andrew Yang's speech when he dropped out because he said that he doesn't feel right yeah. continuing to take money and to take energy from uh, the field. And when, he, when there's no path forward. Right. When there's no path forward, he doesn't feel right about continuing to take money out of people's hands and continuing to take energy away from the field. Yeah. And uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Said, he also said, no matter who the Democratic nominee, he's going to support them. Right. Tulsi Gabbard, take note. Get your ass out. Just FYI. All right, well, Jill Stein. weird shit. Jill Stein, round two. Jill Stein, round two. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Hopefully she drops the fuck out. Anyway, we appreciate you guys. We love you. Thank you for joining us twice a week or as often as you do. We would love to have you support us on Patreon. You can go to dollamore.com slash Patreon. You can also buy stuff on Amazon if you want to make Jeff, Jeff Bezos richer. I've heard people call him Bezos lately. I heard Katie Porter called him Bezos. That is where I heard it. it was, is that his name? I don't think it was Katie Porter. It was the Fed chairman. Yeah, and then she called him that too. Yeah, he says, well, where is this picture from? Uh, it's from a party at Jeff Bezos' house. Uh-huh. Bezos. I guess that's how you say it. His uh, friends call him that. That yeah? must be his name. Bees. What up, Bees? My friends call me Bezos. I just call him Dickface. Well, All right. That's a... Uh... Something you can call him. I anyway, guess. we'd love to hear from you guys. 657 464 7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. You know, John Oliver also had jokes that bombed on Stephen Colbert, so don't feel bad about Did it. Did you know that I'm trying to wrap up the show? Here we go. Th that fast pace where I slip into DJ mode, everybody. Let's wrap it. Traffic and weather together on the gates, everybody. Good times had by all. Your morning zoo. Wacky, wacky morning zoo. Let's end we'll it. We'll see you next time. Honk, honk. Beep, beep. <laughs> Reel, <wheel. laughs> this has been... Keep on. I doubt it. Ha, 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 ha.